when I die, I'm going to heaven, and that's kind of the only thing that matters. So I think I literally just remind myself of that over and over and over. Yeah. Right? You know, eternity starts the, the day you make your decision, whether you're going to serve Christ or serve the devil. Mm. That's what I tell people. Eternity has started. Mm-hmm. Okay? So let's go down that right path. All right? So anything else, just in comparison, yeah. is a blip. It's fleeting. Mm. It, it is so not important on a relative basis. Welcome to the Ask About My Faith podcast, where our hope is to inspire everyday faith conversations. I'm Abby, and today we're back for part two of our conversation with Austin Colby. If you didn't hear part one, you may want to start there. Austin and his wife, Jennifer, have 10 children in Nashville, Tennessee, where he owns and operates a wealth management company. There are so many stories packed into this episode from golf courses to restaurants and great questions to ask servers, coworkers, or anyone in your day-to-day. I don't know about you, but I have some big fears about having faith conversations. For many, it's simply the fear of discomfort of some sort. Well, in this next story, Austin was following the guidance of Holy Spirit and actually had a pretty awkward interaction, but I still think it'll be encouraging for you. I know it was for me. Let's jump in. I've had bad experiences too. I've had one one horrific one that I believe God has redeemed. It was for me, not for the person, but I don't know if you like hear stories like that. Sure. That yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. It wasn't horrific, but... So when we lived in Minnesota full time, it's cold in the winter. I don't know if you know that, but it gets really cold and there's snow on the ground. <sighs> and so at the end of January every year, we would drive down to Florida because mm. uh, we homeschool. And so we're a little flexible. And we would stay down there till middle of March or end of March. Nice. So six to eight weeks. Yeah. Because uh, I can work from pretty much anywhere and I've got clients in 30 states. So I'm, I'm down there and my wife and I like coffee. So one of the things we would do most mornings is go to the same coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And we saw the same homeless guy you know, five mornings in a row. And, you know, I, you kind of get a vibe of that guy's scary or that guy's just, you know, fine. He's docile. Sure. This guy was scary. Got it. But my wife just like tapped me on the shoulder and said, you got to go pray for that guy. Mm. And I'm like, Oh, I don't want, <laughs> like, I don't want to. And then the next day, so I didn't, the next day she's like, you need to. So yeah. I went over there and I did my best and it, it was terrible. Mm. He, he was vulgar. He was very belligerent. I mean, I, I didn't fear for my life for broad daylight right outside the cup. Sure. He was a jerk. I, I still brought him out water and a coffee. And I still, after he yelled at me and cursed me out, yeah. went in, bought him some stuff, gave it to him. And I went about my way. And I remember thinking that was really demoralizing. I mean, really, you know, ugh, icky. But so I'm sharing the story at this Bible study I'm a part of mm-hmm. down here in Tennessee. And a, and a great man of God in this Bible study, I share the story and he goes, you know, Austin, God still used that. He's like, how many, how many kids did you have at that time? I said, I think we had seven or eight. I don't know. <laughs> and he said, they, they were watching that. Yeah, right. right. They still saw you be obedient, yeah. even in an awkward situation. And I thought, no kidding. That's, it has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I just yeah. want to say, yes, Lord, and amen. I want to be a yes and amen mm-hmm. kind of Christian. And whether I touch that guy or not, who knows? I hopefully planted a seed. But yeah. my kids all saw me do it. Yeah, right. They all watched me do it. Yeah. Lots of, lots of seeds planted. And I imagine if he <laughs> is scary and vulgar, not a lot of people interact with him, let alone, you know, grab yeah. him anything to, yeah, to have. Yeah. Yep. 
Wow. I was thinking too more about um, the, the breakfast spot. One of the takeaways that I just wanted to point out was your level of consistency and generosity. You know, showing up to the same place every day of the week or even weekly, you start to build those relationships. And I think that's something that our listeners can do. If you go to the same coffee shop every morning or gas station, lunch spot twice a week, you have the opportunity to start investing in those relationships. Oh, absolutely. And again, it's so easy. Here, Here's... I mean, this this may not surprise you, all right, but some people are shocked. But people like talking about themselves. Oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Just give them an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so my favorite people like they don't. How do I do that? Here's what I do. Hey, we're gonna. I'm probably gonna see you regularly. Tell me your story. Sure. Oh, that's a good one. And I just I'm just quiet. Yeah. And I smile and I nod and I say, Oh, tell me more about that. <laughs> all right. Right. Because if you ask me, Hey, Austin, tell me your story, and you give me no direction. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what matters to me, right? not what I think matters to you. Mm. Right? Yeah. And so it's a cool way to find out, oh, by the way, it's great in marriage. Sure. Uh, if, 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 if I'm not quite understanding what my wife's saying, I just say, hey, tell me more about that. Yep. You know, yep. I don't want to say, oh, what does that mean? That's, that's rude. But it's a great way to, to do that. Tell me your story. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Um, I really encourage people, particularly like a coffee shop, ask them questions, find out what's going on. Don't don't get in the way of their work. Mm-hmm. But if you're there every week, mm-hmm. you can ask one question and two, and then just write it down. Yeah. I and mean, I'm really good about taking notes. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Until I kind of have it memorized. But mm-hmm. but it's it's because then they're so shocked and whatever. Yeah. And then the generosity thing, you, you can all be generous. Totally. In your own way. I mean, praise God, God has blessed us in many ways. Finances is one of them. And so it's very easy for us to be generous, but everybody can do it. Mm-hmm. Like everybody can do it in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um and it does. Yeah. It does open doors. Right. Well, even on a $3 coffee, a $3 tip is 100%. You know, so there are a Huge. lot of ways even with the lower budget. Huge. But yeah, we talk a lot about meeting a practical need, which does open doors to relationship, to conversations. And um, I think a good tip too is just having an arsenal of questions. You know, you can ask the same question to 100 different people and get 100 different answers and, and mm-hmm. interactions. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a really yeah. good open-ended question that you start with too. Open-ended is good. If you're just being really ornery, like I've done a few times when I just <laughs> want to get Jesus out there. Like yeah. you have a, you sometimes you just get like a, a burr in your saddle yeah. from the Lord. I remember talking to this guy who was working outside of my house. I like to outsource things because I have so many children. So I want to spend time with them, not sure. mow the lawn. Although my, my boys mow the lawn now. Uh, but so there's a guy out there working. It's so hot. I mean, it's so hot. I was out there. I'm like, man, it's hot. He's like, oh, it's so hot. And I said, yeah, imagine how, how hot hell's going to be if you don't know Jesus <laughs> as your Lord and Savior. Right. It was just great. It was just so good. <sighs> and he, of course, laughed. He was a believer, but I didn't know that. So I wanted to make sure that we talked about it. Sure. So it was so yeah. cool. It was so cool. <laughs> give me little things like that. So, That's you know, Or people who are, um, I, I'm stealing this. I'm stealing this from from uh, the Robertson clan. So Jace Robertson, Willie Robertson, Phil Robertson, the Duck Dynasty people. Yes. Yep. So they're real good at evangelism. Hmm. And uh, something I've heard Jace Robertson say over and over and over is you just ask people, hey, how'd you get here? Right. Yeah. Why are you here? Mm-hmm. And what happens when you're not here anymore? Yeah. I mean, those are, you know, without even like you telling them what they should believe, just ask them what they do believe. Mm hmm. Because mm-hmm. that really opens up some fun opportunity to kind of get into the weeds. Yeah. Gets get someone thinking, too. I know you have a story about a golf caddy, which I love that it's just such a regular everyday interaction. Can you talk about how you got to share your faith with them? 
Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm, I'm blessed enough to get to play some really nice golf courses, and we have caddies at a number of them. And so, I, I again, I usually tell the caddies on the first tee, hey, here's how it's going to go today. As long <laughs> as you're not vulgar mm. and you, you just stay, we're going to be so fun to play with because we're, we're Jesus people, or at least I am, but, but I just tell them that. And it's going to be the best tip you've ever had, so let's just have a great day. So you set the tone. Sure. Like I do it right there on the first yeah. tee. Because, you know, it, that's a sales business, caddying, and they want – Big tips. Yeah. And it's not an easy job. It's heavy and hot. And so I've been able to share with a bunch, just, you know, you casually sprinkle it in and almost without fail, they ask me, why, why are you like this? Why are you so happy? <laughs> like I'll hook one on the road or sure. lose a ball. Like you're still happy. You're still in a good mood. Well, let me introduce you to my best friend, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But recently in Minnesota, I was up there for a few weeks and it wasn't that big a deal, but it was impactful for a couple of reasons. Number one, Beautiful course, playing with some friends, a couple of team members and, and, and a client. And the caddy, good guy. I gave him the spiel on the first tee. I said, you're going to have a great day as long as we you know, follow these rules. And, and he was great. He was, and he was a good caddy, too. So we get to maybe the second, third, fourth hole. And I ask, hey, you're in college. Yep, I'm a college golfer. He goes to St. John's. Hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. That's a good golf school. It's a D3, but they're real good. And I said, oh, so are you a believer? You must love the Lord if you're at a, you're at a Christian school. He's like, oh, no, I don't really go for that stuff. I'm like, oh, I said, don't you have to go to chapel or don't you have to do Bible study yeah. on curiosity? He's like, well, yeah, we got to go to some, but, you know, it doesn't really mean anything to me. I'm like, hmm. And I said, well, uh, you know, it's kind of the most important thing. Mm. You know, I said, just keep that in mind. I said, just kind of the most important thing. That was like the third, fourth, fifth hole. And then we play and we were having a rough day. I mean, one of our guys was playing great, but the rest of us were in the trees a lot. So he's working hard. And then we just casually brought it up again and. I think I just used a scripture reference, really simple, like the joy of the Lord is our strength. Something simple, like, yeah. why are you still happy? Well, hey, the joy of the Lord is our strength. I'm doing okay. <laughs> There's a lot worse things. But then at the end of the round, I go up and I'm giving him a tip. I wish I could remember the guy's name now. I feel bad. But but I go up to him and I'm like, hey, you know, I really encourage you to consider this more. Like, I, I you know, yeah. start, you have a Bible? Yeah, I got a Bible. I said, really start with the book of John. It said, it's really fun to read. You're going to find out just how important Jesus is. Mm. And I said, let me pray for you. He's like, fine, that's great. I appreciate it, Mr. Colby. And you know, I gave him a big tip and, and whatever. So I planted some seeds. That's it. So then I go home. And here's what, why it's cool. So the next day, or was it even that night, one of my team members, so one of my employees who was playing with us, he sends me this really awesome text. And he said, oh, he did not play well that day. He's a pretty good golfer and he had a really tough day. And he sends me a text that says, Austin, I was so convicted driving home. Because here I was with a bad attitude because I wasn't playing well and I just wanted to quit golf. And I'm watching you witness to our caddy, mm. you know, on the fourth tee box on, after we're done, you're praying with them. He's like, I just, I need to do that more. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, praise God. Amen. <sighs> right. Yeah. So whether or not the caddy reads the book of John and plugs in or not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I know I just, the Lord used me to encourage my team member yeah. to go out and, and be more like Christ in those everyday areas. So mm-hmm. that's just cool because God, I'm not God. My wife tells me that regularly. <laughs> so it's really cool to see how he orchestrates all that, right? Right. Right. Well, and I imagine the the caddy is probably used to how your how your um employee had reacted by getting a little oh, more yeah. upset and you know oh, for sure. yeah. So tips probably go down as the golfers oh. do worse. So yeah. Tips go down, swear words go yep. up, club throwing. <laughs> and we don't do any of that. My group that day, great guys, and so everybody has a good attitude. Yeah. So. 
but yeah, it's all relative. Mm, yeah, I love that. Do you have any like? Do you have any tips for our listeners about even when things aren't going your way? Maybe it's as as I don't know trivial as golf, but maybe it's a really big hard thing in life. How do you like explain your joy through through hard things? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, we all go through trivial hard things and real hard yeah. things, and that's a great question. Um, and I've had people obviously ask me that question multiple times. So a couple of things. And and again, this is going to sound too simple, Austin. It's, it's over spiritualized, Mm. but listen, I, I, when I, I've been fortunate enough to speak at a number of industry conferences or little seminars for other financial advisors. And in one of my intros, if I'm trying to be funny, because my intro talks about how I'm a believer in Christ, that's the most important thing. And I would say, Hey, if, if this doesn't work for the business, whatever it is, when I die, I'm going to heaven. And that's kind of the only thing that matters. So I think I literally just remind myself of that over and over and over. Yeah. Right. You know, eternity starts the, the day you make your decision, whether you're going to serve Christ or serve the devil. Mm. That's what I tell people. Eternity has started. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's go down that right path. All right. So anything else just in comparison yeah. is a blip. It's fleeting. Mm. It, it is so not important on a relative basis. Okay, so that's, again, the spiritual big picture, 30,000 foot foot answer. But in the moment. okay, so um, probably the the two hardest things that I've gone through as a believer, my wife's parents both died from cancer Mm. and and they were awesome. Just awesome. God, people, awesome faith people. And her dad was, you know, he was my dad because he was a a Christian father that I never had. Yeah. and, And I loved him so much. I talked to him every day on the phone Um, and and my wife was quite a bit younger than her other siblings. So her parents were 40 years old when she was born. So they were a little bit older. Mm -hmm. So very wise, very awesome. And watching him go through a very, you know, it's not easy to watch somebody die from cancer over an extended period of time. He was faithful to the moment. I mean, the day before he died, he asked for me and my wife and, and our actually that Bill Predovich, I mentioned he and his wife to come into the room and just pray for him that he, that's what yeah. he wanted. That was the last thing he wanted mm. was, you know, the, kind of the people and his wife, obviously my mother-in-law. And that's what he's asking for. He was asking for just everything the Holy spirit had for him, everything God wanted the day before he died. That, that's what he wanted. And I was just like, this is my favorite person. So <laughs> in those moments, you know, I'm just, I cried, you know, 48 hours straight, right. You're just so emotional. Yeah. And I remember wrestling with God about that literally in my head, because outwardly, you, you you still have to be strong for your kids, be strong for your wife. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, you know, God, I don't understand this. And in fact, praying the prayer even, which is probably very fleshly, was, Lord, this is not OK. Either you take him now to heaven or you heal him now because this is not OK. Yeah. Right. right? That, that's it. That's and so those real. Are the only two options. Yeah. And I just remember thinking in that moment, well, that's right. He is healed now, you know, Mm. whether it's now or whether he's in heaven, he's never going to feel this again. He's never going to go through it again. And it is not my job to understand or ask why Mm. this was the journey God had him on. Not my job. And that, that is such a relief to me because, you know, you know, praise the Lord. My wife and I have had very healthy children, very, very healthy marriage. And so it's rare when I've wanted to ask God, why am I going through this? Sure. But, but when I think back to that moment 13 years ago when her dad passed away, I, I'm always just struck with not my job to question it. Yeah. I'm just going to keep going forward, keep trying to be obedient. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know that ultimate reality of Jen's dad's in heaven. I'm going there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to bring as many children with me as I can. Yeah. Amen. Any people that I come across. 
and that's all that matters. And so I don't mm. have to worry about the circumstances. I'm just going to yeah. focus on that big picture, which is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And even like reminding ourselves daily before, before all the things hit, you know, heaven is our hope. Heaven is the goal. Our purpose has nothing to do with our job. I mean, that might be controversial to all the millennials, which I am one, but our purpose is to love God and love people. And you can do that through work, through golfing, through sitting at a restaurant um, all the time. Yeah. Amen. That's so good. Well, we have we have time for one more story. I know you had mentioned yeah. like a top five of your employees or uh, yeah. what would be another like favorite story you want to share with our listeners? Yeah. Again, these are, well, again, what I would call kisses from God. Mm-hmm. Just gives a little kiss on the cheek, <laughs> uh, which you're not expecting. And it's so sweet. But so there's a, I, I do recommend this. People ask me all the time for parenting tips. I think my wife and yeah. I are, are experts. We're not. Uh, we just have experience is what sure, I said. Yeah. Right? We just have experience. <laughs> Valid, yeah. But little things that we, we've done, and I'm going to break this into two categories, okay. and one is the top five life moments that, that you referenced, is we do what I call them family quizzes, uh, maybe every six months. And it, I originally started doing it because it's a cheater way, uh, like a, a, a way of finding out what your kids are kind of into, because sure. I have so many of them. Right? Yeah. And so what I would do is I would write 10 questions, eight questions, doesn't have to be fancy, Hey, what's your favorite food right now? Sure. What's, what's the last favorite TV show that we watched as a family? Because we don't have TV unless we're doing like a disc the old-fashioned yeah. way as a family. Okay. What's your favorite story that you've you've read or has been read to you? What's mom's favorite book, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you see? So eight, it's a fun way to find out what they're into. <clears throat> so they have to answer all their own questions, but then they have to answer all the questions about each other to okay. see who knows who the best. Oh, right? okay. And not surprisingly, my middle... Well, I, I don't know how you call it middle, but my fourth child, <laughs> uh, my third boy, my middle boy, he knows everybody so well. Really? Okay. Right? He's 12. He plays so well as a big boy sure. and a big kid. And yet he still plays so well with the littler ones. He just, he's got a great blind. He's super fun. He's just, he's a joy. He really is. He's a treat. Yeah. Um, and so he really knows everybody's favorite food and favorite color. It's just really cool to see that. Mm. So then I started adding a little bit more thoughtful questions on there because it was so fun to do. And they're always excited when we do it. Now we have prizes. We make it a big game night, right? And it takes a long time. Sure, yeah, to go through. My family's here, right? So it takes a long time to do this. Mm. But I asked questions like, all right, what's the biggest thing you're praying for Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. for God? Because I want them to think of it. And then we put it on a board. We actually have these, our one entire wall is just covered with this it's like cardboard almost, uh, like butcher butcher paper. Okay, yep. And you can just write prayer requests on there. <laughs> yes. And everybody has to walk by it every day. So it's just a good reminder and it's just covered. Sure, right? yeah. So what's the biggest thing you're praying for? What's the biggest blessing that's happened in your life in the last 12 months? Just always recognizing and thanking God for what he's already done. Yep. Sometimes we forget. Mm. And then the other question is, because it's fun, is what's your all-time favorite moment you can think of in this family? Mm, okay. Okay, it's just kind of cool to see how kids think. By the way, the last time we asked that question, I believe six of the children had the same moment, which was when we brought our eighth child home from the hospital. Mm. It's one of my favorite moments too, but but it was it was just 10 days after my wife's mother had passed away. Okay. So it's a very emotional time. And it's the first baby we're bringing home without Grandma Rose there. Yeah. And our, we, we use a midwife and a birthing center and she had switched clinics. So it was like a long ways away. So we didn't bring any kids away. It was like an hour away. Sure. So we got to the hospital like midnight or 1 a.m. My wife had the baby at 6 or 7 a.m. And I just looked at her and she looked at me at like 10 a.m. and said, we're going home. Yeah. I just want to be with our family. And I said, great. And so I told, hey, we're leaving. I'm taking my wife and my baby home. And they're like, oh, you can't, you can't do that. 
I said, no, I can. I'm going to leave, you know, do whatever you need to do. So we were home. We left at noon and we just got home mm-hmm. and we were driving down. We lived uh, on a big acreage on a gravel road in Minnesota. We're driving down and I can see all my kiddos' faces just pressed into the glass, <laughs> right? As we're driving in and we, we pull in and and they're shouting and cheering. And, mm. and But then as you, you bring the baby in, they know all of a sudden it gets quiet. Sure, yeah. Right? And then they're holding, her name is Pearl. Mm. And they're holding Pearl. And my oldest boy kind of sets her down in the middle. And they just circle around. And then just start kind of praying for wow. her. Wow. Like, oh, Pearl, you're such a blessing. Welcome to our home. And I'm just, I, I wanted to fall over yeah. in tears. Yeah. <laughs> you know, wow. my 10-year-old, my 8-year-old, my, they're all just welcoming her in the only way that you want to be welcomed to a home yeah. with love and prayer and speaking blessing. It was just so cool. Anyway, that was one of the favorite moments. Wow. So revisiting these are so powerful. Yeah. So one, one exercise I do, I do this really cool golf trip, which is essentially a, like a men's marriage and relationship and all. I talk about things that matter. It's not just about golf. So we really have fun conversations every year yeah. and I do it with my team members at work and we do it at home. But I, I assign one or two people whenever we do these things every year to share their top five life moments. Sure. Okay. And again, it's so cool because here's what I say. Number one, try to think about that right now off the top of your head. I mean, there's so many things. Yeah, right. Right. In my top five life moments 15 years ago better look different than it looks today. Yeah. And if it doesn't, where am I with the Lord? Right, right. All right. Mm-hmm. And if people say, oh, when I won the high school state football championship, I'm going to question uh, where you are with the Lord. Sure. I'm just going to do <laughs> yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. Maybe when you're 16, that was a top five life. Yeah. Moment, right. So we share these. And, and, and again, when I share mine, I talk about my first bilingual worship service. Mm-hmm. I would just wreck me thinking there are people all over the world yeah. right now mm-hmm. speaking in languages. I don't know or understand, but yet we are one and the same. We are all just passionately pursuing him and loving. It was just it. Oh, it was so cool. Yeah. Right. Obviously, my kids being born, all those fun things, my salvation moment. But uh, when I've asked people to share top five, life, you know, from my employees to uh, my golf buddies, mm-hmm. I have been so touched and shocked how often I have been a part of their top five mm-hmm. life moments. Wow. And I'm like, what are you talking about, Lord? I'm I'm nothing. I'm nobody without mm-hmm. you. And they're like, and, you know, one of them also is when I met you, like the first time we met, you prayed for me. Mm. I didn't know you. And I knew then, though, that I wanted to work for you or I wanted to be a part of your team. Yeah. I wanted, what are you talking about? And, and just hearing that, and it just blows my mind how God has so chosen cool. to use all of us are broken, all of us are hell deserving sinners. Yeah. End of discussion, yeah. full stop. The fact that we get to be a part of what he's doing, mm-hmm. it's like, oh my word, what do we, how do you not embrace that and want to be a part of it? You know, even if I never see a reward, even if I never hear a comment like yeah. that. Even if we're not blessed, oh my gosh, it's so worth it. Mm. Not for our benefit, but for his glorification. He is so worth it. And so I just really, I'm passionate about this. But you've got to be, you've got to just go after it. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And what a treat too, because I don't think, I mean, most of the time we probably don't get to hear that feedback, but Never. because yeah. you ask good questions and give people space to to dig a little deeper, they they get to share that. That's really sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. So we like to end our podcast with the same question for all of our guests, Austin. What would be a piece of advice or encouragement to our listeners to uh, start conversations about their faith? Yeah, it's good. Well, here's what I'll say. Uh, I'll, I'll get to the point quickly, I promise. Uh, 
But number one is outside of your decision to serve and love and honor Christ with every fiber of your being for the rest of your life. Mm. The second most important decision you're ever going to make is who your spouse is. Mm. Wow. Yeah. All right. So I, I set the tone on that for this reason. Number one, you want someone to do life with together as one flesh yep. that is going to help you pursue the presence of God, mm. help you get closer to heaven, help you look more and more like Christ in every part of your life. All right. So I highly encourage people that's step one and learning how to share your faith mm-hmm. is choosing that help meet that spouse that you're going to do it together forever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And not someone's like, Austin, are you really going to go talk <sighs> to that person about Jesus? Again? Right. Or, oh my God. Are you really, do you have to talk to the server and find out how our marriage is going? Yeah, I do. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, you want that number one. So number two is once you have those two huge decisions taken care of, because nothing else matters. Mm. Okay. Then either you believe it or you don't. I mean, I say this all the time, but either you believe it or you don't. Mm. And if you are telling me that you are a Jesus level, loving, Bible reading, spirit filled, just wanting to serve Christ Christian, then you have to tell people about mm-hmm. it. You, you have to. Yeah. Because if you believe it, you absolutely have to. If I told you today, hey, you know what? I'm going to tell you how to get a million dollars. I guarantee you. I mean, literally, I'm not lying. I will tell you how to do it. All right. And I'm going to say, make some money, spend less, save the rest. And over time, you got a million bucks. Super fancy. It's great right? advice. Super yeah. fancy, right? Now, but if I tell you that, I'm hoping that you're going to tell everybody you love, golly, this guy mm-hmm. just told me how to get a million dollars and it's practical. So here's how you do it. Yeah. And we know what the ultimate treasure is. Mm know that Christ, eternity with Christ in heaven is so much more important than that million dollars. So how quick are we to tell people about that treasure every day? Yeah. I mean, how quick? I mean, come on, people, right? Either you believe that you don't. Hmm. And as I'm looking out, I've got a great view here in my office in Tennessee. And I can see some cars going by on the road. If I believe that every human being could get hit by one of those cars today, hmm. and that could take them straight to hell for eternity, wow. or Maybe not take them straight to hell, but steal heaven on earth while they're here because mm. they're not walking with Christ. Who am I not to get out there and say, wait, wait, you have to hear what I have to say. Please listen to me. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. You can do that from the pulpit. You can do that from the corner booth at the restaurant. You can do that with your golf caddy. You can do that anywhere. It starts at home. It starts at home. If you're not doing it yourself, how in the world? You cannot give what you don't have. Okay. You cannot give what you don't have. So you have to start there. Mm-hmm. And if my cup isn't running over. I got nothing to pour out to you. All right. So I, th- that's what I encourage people. Either you believe it or you don't. And you shouldn't have to tell me you're a Christian. Uh, right. I should see it coming overflowing to your cup mm. saying, okay, there's something going on here. And I want, I want some of that because that's how I came to Christ. I saw people, I felt the presence and I said, I'm all in baby. Mm. So. Wow. That's such Amen. good advice. Thank you so much, Austin. Thank you for listening to both parts of our conversation with Austin. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share so that we can continue to bring you stories of sharing the love of God. Let's be all in. God bless you this week as you go out and share your faith.